0: This is Self-Awareness for Everyone, a weekly journey into applied guidance for mindfulness. I'm your host, MJ Bleehart, storyteller, author, creative, and lifelong learner. I'll be your guide through conscious reality creation, simple mindfulness tools available to everyone to empower greater control of life's experiences, and other applications of unselfish self-awareness. This week's episode, what do you feel when you don't know how to feel? As part of my own personal journey with self-awareness and the various things I've been working on over the years, I have been exploring a bunch of different things. I read every morning, and when I read every morning, one book I read, because I read two books at a time, one book I read is fiction, but the other book I read is nonfiction. By and large, the nonfiction books I read are related to mindfulness, conscious reality creation, self-awareness, self-improvement, and all that type of thing. Some are science-based, some are psychological, some are a blend of psychological, science-based, and the hooky, spooky, etc., etc. world. When it comes to this, one thing that I'm constantly trying to work out in my own self-awareness, is my very complex relationship with emotions and feelings. Feelings are a complex set of emotions, and they are made up of two factors, a what and a how. And the what of feelings also tends to tie into thoughts. Here's the big thing about this. What you are feeling is the name you give to the feeling. It can be angry, happy, sad. Lost, unlost, found, pleased, displeased. I mean, take your pick. There are so, so many names we can give to our feelings. But while you can name it, feeling it, experiencing it, the how of the feeling is a unique thing that can be variable depending on circumstances, on the situation, and other factors that are largely completely outside of your control. For example, let's take my personal favorite, which is anger. Anger, depending on what caused it, can be red hot. It can be on fire. It can be destructive and burn at you. But it can also be cold as ice. It can seethe. It can freeze. It can be just this sense of, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but you get the idea here. When it comes to to any emotion you can name, any feeling you can name. The how is always variable because the cause of any given emotion is going to differ. Lots of different things are going to be the cause of any emotion and feeling that you experience. One of the reasons why I'm talking about this when it comes to my personal journey of self-awareness that I've been working on is that I spent a great deal of my youth unable to truly feel my feelings. So what exactly does that mean? What it means is that because of my parents' divorce and some other factors regarding who I was and experiences I was having, somewhere around the age of six, I shut myself off from feeling. While I could logic out a feeling, while I could tell you what it was supposed to be, I could tell you the what, of the feeling, I didn't really understand or know or really relate to the how. I very vulcaned myself on this. I mean, I completely went to logic and reason without actually going to logic and reason. It was more that I went to thinking about the what of the feeling, but I didn't feel the feeling. And that caused a lot of very strange experiences throughout a good portion of my life, because Really, I didn't figure this out until I was in my mid-30s. So I went almost 30 years or so living this experience where I just didn't know how to feel or what those emotions were supposed to be. But once I, for lack of a better phrase, uh, incorporated feelings back into my existence, I started to really look at what that meant and how it impacted not just my self-awareness, but self-awareness For everyone. And one thing that I've reiterated more than once is that it's okay to not be okay. We have all been through trauma in the last few years of various degrees. We as a society are terrible about acknowledging this truth. But it is the truth. Nobody went through the pandemic without some trauma. It might've been because you lost somebody. It might've been related to a lost opportunity. It might've been related to the fact that most of us spent a couple of months largely isolated from the world to protect ourselves and those we loved. Then, just to add insult to injury, we came out of this pandemic without truly reconciling what happened. And instead of changing for the better like we really could have and taking an opportunity to make some really good shifts to the world, instead we tried really, really hard to pretend it never happened and go back to the way things were. But you can't, because guess what? You can never go back to what was. Unfortunately, that's just the truth of the way the universe works, because change is the one and only constant in the whole universe. That being said, when we got out of the pandemic and started to get to the world we're in today, and I know plenty of people who will tell you point blank, it's not over, because really, it's not But we have reached the endemic phase. And what that means is that it's going to be with us probably for the rest of our lives and the lives of our children and our children's children, much like the flu is still with us. Influenza hasn't gone anywhere, people. But that's what COVID is going to become if it hasn't already. My point here is that there was a lot of trauma involved in this and we haven't dealt with it in the slightest and because of that we've invalidated a great deal of feelings around who what where how why we are and other people's experiences and whether or not it's okay not to be okay but it is And when it comes to self-awareness, you're fighting not only resistance from the egoic self and this belief that you're supposed to be okay and everything should be fine, but also a societal expectation of okayness that's not entirely logical. It's not possible to live your life for anybody else's benefit, nor can anybody else live your life for you. And when it comes to all of this, how and what you feel is perfectly valid. It's very hard to recognize that. And for a lot of people, it doesn't feel like it's the truth. But I assure you, it is. You are worthy and deserving of whatever it is you're feeling. And whatever you feel today is completely and totally valid. And yet, because we haven't addressed the trauma, and we aren't going to address it anytime soon, unfortunately, we're all struggling. And because we're struggling, one of the things that tends to suffer is self-awareness because they, and I'm not going to name a specific they because I can't, but I think you get the idea here. Those in power want very much for us to be disempowered. The less we question ourselves and the more we turn to them for answers, the more power they think they have. Granted, it's super fleeting power and it's utterly artificial and not real, but that's a whole other matter. When it comes to what and how you feel, asking yourself the basic questions of what am I feeling, how am I feeling, often gets railroaded by beliefs about what you should be feeling it how you should be feeling. And so we don't genuinely, mindfully examine our feelings. This tends to be super complicated and mixed because on top of it, feelings and emotions are really weird. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. They often don't make sense. They are illogical, they are irrational, and it's frustrating because you look at this and go, what the hell, why do I feel this way? Or the opposite. Why don't I feel this way? Because sometimes that's the question. Let's take grief and grieving, for example, here. As I wrote in a recent blog, 2023 thus far has been the year of death, which is super unfortunate, but I have experienced a couple of losses, multiple friends have experienced losses, and it's very, very probable there will be more to come due to certain circumstances. The recent loss of a mentor hit me in a way that it didn't hit anybody else. And as I've been looking at how they've dealt with their feelings of grief and how they're mourning his passing, I am not in the same boat. I am experiencing it in my own very different way. And a part of me in looking how I grieve and how I experience this is kind of feeling a little bit shamed because I'm not as emotional as others are. I don't have the same depth of feeling in the way others do. And a part of me feels very much judged for that being the case. And the reason I'm bringing this up is not because I'm looking for sympathy or empathy, I'm just sharing because I know I am not the only one who's had this kind of an experience. Lots of people go through this when it comes to how you feel, because there is nobody but you who can know what that is. And yet, there's often a feeling that you need to justify your emotion, justify your feeling, because you think or you believe in a societal expectation of what something is supposed to feel like, how the emotion is supposed to be. Here's the thing. Who's inside your head? You. There's nobody else in there. Even my voice at the moment, if you're listening to me on headphones in particular, isn't in your head. It's just in your ears. You're the only one who can think, feel, act, or intend for you. Nobody else can do it for you. There's nobody else inside your head or your heart or your soul, for that matter. You're it. And while some people find that deeply lonely and disconcerting, the reality of you are the only one who knows what and how you're going to feel or are feeling now sometimes this feels like it's just wrong and why is it that i'm the only one who seems to go this way and the only real way that you can analyze this is via mindfulness mindfulness of course is conscious awareness and that is awareness of your mindset headspace psyche self which is only possible here and now in the present. You cannot be mindful of the past nor mindful of the future for all kinds of reasons. You can only be mindful here and now. Among the questions that make you mindful, bring you into a mindful of the now present headspace, how am I feeling and what am I feeling are two of the biggest that you can ask. And The funny part about this is that while you'll get an answer, it might confuse the hell out of you. There is a deep-seated emotion I have been trying to get at for several weeks now. And I'm working with a therapist to try to work through this. And the more I dig, the more I open a door and then find another door. And then when I open that door, I find yet another door. Because I can't quite put my finger on what the feeling is is. I don't understand it. And try as I might to understand it, I'm having a hard time realizing what this comes down to. This is confusing because when I find one emotion, it often attaches to another feeling, which then attaches to another feeling and then another emotion. And before I know it, there's no one source, no one factor. Now, I've gotten really, really close to the answer, and I might talk about that in a future podcast or write about it in a blog. But for the moment, the point here is this. I am the only one who can analyze my feelings and what I'm thinking and what I am feeling. The same is true for you. You are the only one who knows what and how you're feeling. And it can be very, very easy to pick up a feeling from the past and keep holding on to it. Lots of people, when they get hurt, hold on to that hurt like it is their utter and complete identity. They are the hurts they received, they are the victim of the circumstances that messed them up. They suffer constantly. To be perfectly blunt, that's a choice. Yeah, I know that that might seem harsh on my part, but honestly, it is a choice. You can choose to change. Change is the one and only constant in the entire universe, and you can decide if a feeling you're holding on to doesn't work for you to release it, to let it go. Feelings and emotions are completely devoid of reason and logic for the most part, and they often make absolutely no sense, and they're this res- this this bizarre intensity that is It's a very hard thing to quantify and you can't make sense of it. But the thing is this, when you practice conscious awareness and mindfulness and ask yourself what you are currently feeling and how you are currently feeling, you can come up with exact measures that you can change and alter, particularly if they're not what you desire. So the answer to my question, what do you feel when you don't know how to feel, can only be answered via mindfulness, because only in the here and now can you answer this question. Now, in finding that answer, you can look back at old beliefs and values tied to old emotions and feelings and root them out if they don't serve you anymore, which is exactly what I'm working on doing right now in my self-awareness journey. Releasing your feelings, however, whenever you feel them, can be incredibly cathartic. If you're holding on to something that is holding you back, that is messing with your life, that is victimizing you, you have the power to release it. What and how you are feeling are in your control. It might not feel that way. I know. There are plenty of times when you have experiences where it totally doesn't feel this way. But it's still the truth. You have the power to change your feelings the way to do this is by being mindful of your feelings what you're feeling how you're feeling and when you become mindful of them you're empowered to release them and change them for new and better feelings it's not easy i'm going to tell you that right now this is not easy but you know what i know that when all is said and done this self-awareness leads to greater empowerment. And that leads to living a life that you desire to live, how, where, why, what, etc. under your control. It is time for this week's Applied Guidance for Mindfulness tool. Let's make use of mindfulness here to get to know what and how you are feeling at the moment that you ask. I'm going to warn you at the start. This could be really heavy. You might bring up some things that you didn't expect because emotions and feelings are often full of the unexpected. Please be aware of that before you start to practice this particular applied guidance tool. So what is the tool? Let's start by choosing a time and a place where you can be alone and uninterrupted for at least five minutes. 10 minutes would be better, but give yourself a minimum of five minutes. Almost anybody can find Five minutes in their day for themselves. When you begin this process, make sure that you have the means by which to write down what you're about to experience and a timer because you're going to need to time a couple things so you can be in front of a computer, a tablet, phone, uh, whatever. Just make sure you have the implement to write this stuff down. Then we're going to do the following steps. Step one, for one to two minutes, breathe deep. Take deep breaths in and then let them out fully. Repeat that for one to two minutes. Set a timer to do this. When you breathe out, envision the release of any thoughts that you're currently holding onto and anything from the past or the future. Do your best to just breathe and be here now. Two, once that's done, ask the following questions and write down the answers with each question. What am I feeling? How am I feeling? Three, Sit with those answers for at least two minutes. Again, set a timer. Feel out the emotions and try to go as deeply as you can into the what and how of the feeling that you've written down, or feelings, because there might be more than one. Write out whatever you come up with. When you're done with this process, read what you experienced and then mindfully apply thought To Those feelings and see if you can work out how that's impacting your intentions and your actions or even your inactions. This can be very powerful, but also it can be disconcerting, which is why I said my warning at the beginning of this. It can be really heavy. So make sure that you're prepared for that to be the possibility. If you're gonna jump into something immediately afterwards that you need to have full stability on, you might wanna make this practice happen when you've got some time to sit with it afterwards. But I believe that this particular applied guidance tool can really help to understand and better be with your emotional self. Thank you for joining me for this week's Self-Awareness for Everyone. I hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of applied guidance for mindfulness, conscious reality creation, and working with other tools for optimizing your life experience. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at author at You can also follow me on social media via Instagram at mjbleehart, on TikTok at mjbleehart72, and on Facebook at bleehartmj. Thank you to the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network for hosting my show. Thank you to Fima Honi. She is the amazing creator of my original cover art. Please take a moment to pay a visit to her Etsy shop, Talia's Inspirations, and check out her art and products there please visit my blogs, The Ramblings of the Titanium Dawn at titaniumdon.com, as well as at mjbleehart.medium.com, and also take a look at my ever-growing number of published sci-fi and fantasy novels on Amazon. I hope that you are discovering how self-awareness works hand-in-hand with mindfulness and can be applied to improve not only your life experience, but potentially that of the people around you. Be kind, be compassionate and your own self-aware creator, whatever form that takes. And please be mindful that you are worthy and deserving of being the best you that you can be. Namaste.